Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. Hope everybody's hanging in there this week. I want to talk about change this week. And as leaders, we are tasked with some very challenging responsibilities when it comes to change. Given all that's been going on for the last five, six months now, whether you are a champion of change or you are averse to change, We've all had to find different ways to deal with it, both personally, professionally, with our teams, in our own careers, in many different ways. And as leaders, it's really important that we are embracing, at least to a certain extent, the idea of change. I'm sure you've heard the term change management. It's all over the place now. And basically, the definition of it when you Google it is the management of change and development in an organization. Don't you just love when they basically just flip the term backwards and then call it a definition without actually really telling you what it is or what it does? We're going to talk about that today so you'll have a better understanding if you're unaware of what change management is. But basically, it's a pretty broad definition, right? It's including all of the different things that go along with changes in your organization with respect to your people and your processes and your procedures, okay? So we're not necessarily talking about changing your focus as an organization. We're talking about maximizing your output to a certain extent. Now, as leaders, it's important, number one, that we're open to it that we are thinking strategically, that we're constantly evaluating how things are going, how our people are working, how they are performing within the systems and the processes that we have in place within our organization. I'm going to use COVID as an example today because I think that obviously it's very relevant and there's so many great examples here of how organizations have needed to be very flexible and leaders need to be really able to embrace the idea of change management because we've had to basically turn our our working situations upside down. We've had to be open to working remotely and adjusting instead of meeting in person for maybe conferences or networking or performance reviews or all of those things, we're doing them virtually. We're doing them remotely. You may be managing remote teams for the first time ever, and you've had to really adapt your style as a leader with your employees to make sure that you're still getting the most out of your teams, to making sure they're productive, to making sure they feel supported, to make sure that you are meeting all of the goals of as an organization that you have, at least as much as you possibly can. Now, some organizations are much more adaptable and have done better with this change, not necessarily because they are better at it, but because they are more designed for a system that was easily adaptable. 
say you already had some folks that were working remotely. Now you just had to broaden that. You had to expand your, your networking capability with respect to any of your hardware infrastructure, your internet connections, your security, all of those things. It was a change, but you already had some of the baseline configurations in place, so now it's just a matter of expanding them. Whereas perhaps if you're in an organization that never permitted remote work, you had a much larger task in order to adjust this. Perhaps it's not possible. There's a lot of industries here in the Washington DC area that are not able to work remotely because of security reasons. So they had to embrace larger changes with how they were going to get people to still be able to do their job, but do them safely. The first thing is as leaders, we want to be open to the idea of it. And it doesn't even need to be driven by something like this. Perhaps you are working with an organization and you're looking how things are interacting. Maybe you started off years ago and created pillars for your organization where all of your, your business streams were in separate silos and the communication between them was just not working anymore. In the beginning, they were smaller and you were all located maybe in one office and people could just walk down the hall. And now as your organization has grown, it's become very stovepiped and people don't communicate and it's really impacting, right? So then you're looking at a reorganization and how to better utilize your teams and how to maybe make them more cross-functional. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can interpret this, but basically it's being open to the idea that there are so many different ways that we can do business and embracing the concept that just because we've been doing it this way forever doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right way forever. Now, the other thing I want to talk about with this though is that flip side. Change for the sake of change is not necessarily a good thing either. So it's important to make sure that when we are considering small changes, medium changes, or even large-scale changes, that we are taking them with the full impact that may happen once they're completed and how that's going to affect our operations. You may not know. It may be a trial and error. You may have to roll it out over time. Many of the larger changes that organizations make are phased. They may do it in steps. You may do it uh, one year, two year, three year, one month, two month, three month, whatever way that makes sense for your organization, right? It may be something where you have to phase it because if it's not working, if it, it'll give you the opportunity to kind of roll it back and make adjustments before you've gone too far down the road. And it also will give your employees some time to roll with the changes and adapt to them, learn new skills if need be, learn new procedures, however it is that you're rolling it out. That is another key piece of being in the leadership role with change management is to help your employees deal with this. Now, like us as leaders, employees feel the same stress and tension when it comes to change. There are some people that are very, very agile when it comes to constant changes, big changes, small changes. And there are a lot of people that are very uncomfortable with any change. And that concept of old dogs and new tricks, if you've got folks that have been working for you for a really long time and they've been doing something the same way for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and now you want to change things up, 
you're really going to have to work with them to make sure that they're embracing it and they're able to be productive and successful in that new organization. Obviously, they're going to have to do some of the work as well, but as leaders, it's important that we're paying attention to what's going on with our folks because the last thing you want is a high performer falling flat on their face because of an organizational change that could have been avoided with a conversation or two so that they better understood what was going on. Maximizing our output and making sure that we're being as efficient as possible, obviously, from a business perspective, is optimal. But from a personnel standpoint, there's a lot more fuzziness to it there, right? There's a lot more intuitiveness as leaders that we really have to make sure that we're tapping into, paying attention to the different things that are going on with our teams, with our, with our staff, with our leaders that we lead, making sure that we're checking in with them, seeing what's working, seeing what's not, and being able to adjust and adapt. I always say evaluate, assess, and adjust because I think that constantly as leaders, we are forced to make sure that we are constantly reevaluating what's going on, how it's going, what's working, what's not. Assess it, figure out what we can learn from it, what we can scrap or adjust, what is something that we want to keep, and then making adjustments for that. And change management really is embracing that on a larger scale. It's important to make sure that we're constantly dialed in. Now, I say that, and it's a huge, huge piece of our jobs the higher up you get, right? If you are in an executive role or higher up, you are looking big picture strategy and you are relying upon your next level management down and those below them to share information up. Make sure that you are aware of what's working, what's not. Obviously, you can't roll up your sleeves and be a part of all of it, but definitely making sure that you are checking in with people and finding out how things are going. Keep your ear to the ground, if you will. Periodic check-ins with whomever makes sense down your chain to make sure that the teams are adapting to this adjustment is key. It'll help you reevaluate, assess, and adjust as you continue forward. Change in theory should improve your situation. It should improve your output or your productivity or your efficiency or whatever it is, your safety, whatever it is that you're going for and why you're making that change. With COVID, I guess it would be one of those things where it's a it's a 50-50 question on whether or not virtual work has improved your situation. For some folks, it probably has. For other folks, it definitely has not. And obviously, in this situation, it's kind of out of our control. However, you can make the most of it if you are being flexible and paying attention to what's going on and talking to your folks and learning about what's working and what's not. What I think will be most interesting about all of this is that once we're through the mandate to virtually work from home and as we're starting to roll back into our offices, it'll be interesting to see how organizations really evaluate, assess, and adjust what they've been doing. How much of this will stay? 
how much of it will go back to folks back in the office. And that's obviously very uh, specific to every organization will be making their own decisions. But as leaders, it's important that we're gathering as much information at this point so that we can see what's working and what's not. You may have an organization that was very anti-remote work, and you may be seeing that that may not have been a great decision. It may be super effective right now because you've got folks at home. They're able to put in more hours. They're getting more done. Perhaps there are some folks that are not, but on the whole, overall as an organization, you're having great success with virtual work. That may be something that you're going to roll out when we have the option to go back into the office. You may offer that more broadly to your staff. You may have a different system for vetting your folks that are able to work from home. Perhaps they're offered a trial period if you're bringing on new people and you want to make sure that they are going to be productive at home. They're going to be successful because their success obviously is as important as the organization's success. If your employees are falling on their face because they're struggling, that reflects poorly. Plus, you're not going to get the productivity, effectiveness, and all of the things out of them. That's just not a winning solution. You want to find a combination that is helpful to your staff as well as to your organization. And that's all part of this change, paying attention to the different pieces that all come together to make everybody optimized. I think that one of the biggest challenges as leaders we have with change management is just, in fact, the piece that people struggle with change and adjustments. And unfortunately, when we're up above looking at things from a strategic position, we are able to see a lot of the moving parts from a different view. But the folks that are down on the ground working in those environments can't necessarily see the reasoning behind or the rationale behind what the changes are. And as leaders, we have to make decisions every day on how much information to pass along and how much to just keep to ourselves, both from an efficiency standpoint and from a seniority standpoint. Everybody doesn't need to know everything that's going on. That would be a giant time suck. So rolling out changes to your staff and how you choose to do it is really critical to the success of those changes and to the buy-in that you're going to get from your staff. The more they feel invested in it, the more they feel that they understand it, the more they feel that perhaps they have had a hand in it, the more excited perhaps, or at least on board, they'll be. Things like creating surveys for employee feedback on different things that you're doing. There's all kinds of free tools online or inexpensive tools online that you can use to create surveys for your staff and send them out and ask that they send in their input. Let them know you're considering changing whatever it is that you're doing and see if they have some suggestions, ideas. Believe it or not, the folks on the ground can be very insightful. They are working on the day-to-day, -day. so they are seeing the deficiencies, the challenges, the things that just don't work right. They're seeing the things that they have to spend twice as long doing. Whether or not that's filtering up to the strategic level or not depends on how large your organization is, what your communications are like, all of those different things. So surveying your staff and getting their ideas 
is often very beneficial to make sure that, as I mentioned, not only do they feel invested in it because they gave their opinions, but that you will be getting all of the information. You're getting even more of the big picture. Now, it's important, obviously, to set expectations. Just because you send out a survey and ask for their input doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to do everything they ask you to do, right? Nor should they expect that but it's always good to make sure that you're clear in your communications because people make assumptions. We all make assumptions and you want to make sure that you're not causing added aggravation when you're you're changing things in a wholly different direction than what most of your staff wrote in about. When considering large changes, as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, phasing things out often can be a little bit less jarring too. And again, this all depends on your organization, your size, what it is that you're changing, but it is something to be considered phasing your 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 change because if you can do it in a in a way that makes sense for your organization in small steps, it is not going to be as chaotic. And if you're in an organization or an industry where steady state is really important, you want to make sure that you don't turn life upside down for everybody because if they're trying to figure this out and they're trying to get their regular job done, that's going to create stress, it's going to create unrest, it's going to create perhaps technical complications, perhaps staffing complications. Let's say you are Let's take COVID, for instance. At the beginning, there were a lot of companies that struggled technologically because they didn't have the infrastructure for everybody working from home. Some were phasing their folks in slowly. Others were not. Everybody just had to, to stay home all at once. So that creates a big drain on the resources that you have for technology, right? So obviously... This was an extreme situation where it all needed to be quick change, quick reaction, quick adaptation of whatever it is that we were doing. But typically, when we are making changes like this to an organizational structure, you have a little bit more time. I worked for a government agency years ago, and they had a reorganization pretty much pretty much every year for three years in a row. We had new secretary come in and decide that they knew what was best for the organization. And the first one just literally changed everything in, in the first two months they were there. Just ground zeroed all of our operations, divided up different groups, different offices, different positions. It was just chaos. It was chaos. And it was a really stressful time to work at the organization because no one knew what was going on. There was uncertainty. There was concern about who was going to keep their job, if positions were going to be lost. There was confusion because new create new positions were being created and they weren't filled. So therefore, people were doing double and triple duty. Offices were being moved around. So the IT folks were always running around trying to figure out this person's computer's not working because it moved over here. That person didn't get their boxes. Whose room did they end up in? Just chaos just chaos. And not to say that the overall change wasn't necessarily needed, but the way it was rolled out, probably not the best. Okay. Then the next year, a new secretary came in and we did a reorganization again. Now I'll say that that one was a little bit better because they waited a couple of months, but then again, total change, total change. And there was no 
polling of the of the staff there was no input gathered from anybody on what was working and what wasn't and I know for myself and many of my colleagues our challenge was that there were a lot of things that were working really well given the previous change they had finally settled down and they were working but there was a lot of things that were not working so instead of talking to people on the ground and figuring out what was working and what wasn't and perhaps maybe changing the things that weren't working first and then considering changes to the things that were, were already working maybe to optimize them didn't happen. The third year, another reorg, and that one was much longer. The, that new secretary decided that they were going to roll it out over, I think it was about 18 months. And they sat back for the first six months they were there and they observed and they paid attention. And I will say that the final result was not necessarily uh, what I would think would be optimal. But then again, I wasn't the boss, so it's not me, right? I wasn't seeing from the strategic position that the secretary sees and how all of the pieces fit together. But the rollout of it was much better than the previous two because it was in fact phased it was done with some input from the staff it was done in a manner that wasn't going to upset day-to-day -day operations so we were still able to do our jobs every day while they were implementing rolling changes so it does take longer obviously the folks that are uncomfortable with change that approach stress them out for a longer time because there was just constant changes month after month there were different things rolled out but they weren't as large scale and grandiose if you will as leaders obviously this is a great time to be working on our change management skills and paying attention to what's working what's not how to optimize how to take our employees into account when we're making these decisions, how to take our organization and its productivity, it is the efficiency, all of those things into account, safety, whatever you're dealing with. This is a great time to be looking at all of those things and optimizing our operations. Good luck with all of your organizational changes. If you found a system that works really well for you, I'd love to hear about it. Drop us a note. And if you haven't gone and rated or reviewed the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you just take a couple minutes. I so appreciate you listening to the episodes week after week. And the more ratings and reviews I have on the podcast, the more folks that I can reach. So I hope you'll take just a minute to, to hop on there on iTunes and just do a rating and a review. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. So thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out because after all, there's only one you.